This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. What's going on, everybody? I'm Rob Fay. Welcome to your Friday edition of Sports Bar Radio. It is the 20th day of August, and man, there is stuff going on all around us, isn't there? Is CM Punk debuting on AEW this week? Will Henrik Lundqvist and Roberto Luongo get together for a podcast that now both of them have retired? And why is King James, LeBron James, pissed off at the world? We've just scratched the surface on a very busy day in the world of sports. BC Lions coming up short against the Elks, but that is not even the biggest story coming out of BC Place yesterday. But let me get you to that one story that sometimes comes out of left field and catches you. And you're like, oh yeah, that's right, we do need to talk about that. Let me get you to the lead. We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well, let's be honest, Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today. All right, so if you've listened to this show or you listen to my previous show, Rob Fay Nation Radio on TSN 1040, you would know that I have been following this story for some time. It is what will the nickname be for the Simon Fraser University Athletics Program? For years, it was the SFU Clan. Now, I know exactly what they meant when they said clan. It was of Scottish lineage, and it made total sense to me, and they had McFog the dog as their mascot who wore the kilt, and it was all good in the hood. But I also know that when a player goes south of the border into Humboldt State University, or they're playing in California or Oregon, it's not as easy to sell the name clan as it might be here in the Pacific Northwest. They finally ditched the name about a year and a half ago, and we're still waiting. We're still waiting to find out what the new moniker is going to be for SFU. Now, their phrase is Rep the Leaf, as in Rep Canada. But you have to wonder which direction they're going to go. Are they going to stick with the Scottish lineage? Are they going to go with the Highlanders or something to that regard? Or do they go, and you know where I'm going with this. If you've listened to this show, you know exactly where I'm going to go. It's like a 2-0 fastball right over the heart of the plate. The Foxes. It would make so much sense on so many levels if Simon Fraser University rebranded their program as the Foxes, as in Terry Fox, as in the greatest Canadian in the history of this country, or at least one of them. There are so many marketing opportunities there. There are so many feel-good stories there. There's a way to pay tribute to one of the true greats from our own community. To me, it's an absolute no-brainer. And if Simon Fraser does go a different direction, trust me, I won't snub them. I will just think that it is, in fact, a missed opportunity. But now the question is, why do we still wait? What are we waiting on? I understand when it was COVID and you were missing seasons that it was probably not right marketing-wise or branding-wise to come out with a name when your teams aren't playing. That makes perfect sense to me. But now your teams are back in action. Your soccer teams are playing, your volleyball teams are playing, your football team's getting ready to play, and you still don't have a name. Now, we've seen it in a couple of different cities. For example, in Washington, there's no longer the Redskins. Cleveland is switching from the Indians to the Guardians, and it didn't take them a long time to make that adjustment. So I'm curious to know at what point will we hear from Simon Fraser University and what name will they go with? 
I think there's an opportunity here for Simon Fraser to truly make some waves, to truly get some national attention, which is not always the easiest thing to obtain. But I will say one other thing. It has now been several years since SFU went to the NCAA. They are the only team north of the border that is associated with the NCAA. We all thought initially when they were going to make that move that that was a great idea. It would help with scholarships. It would bring more media. It would have everybody talking about the fact that they were competing against the best in North America, which is widely considered the NCAA. But now that we've had several years to look at it, I think it was a mistake. I think that if they would have stayed north of the border and played in U Sports, which used to be CIS, against UBC and Calgary and Saskatchewan, that they might have been better off. Now, you could ask a couple of athletes, and sure, certain sports would say, forget it, I love playing the competition south of the border. But you look at football, for example, which is one of the prize jewels in any sports programs. It just is. The SFU football program has had a horrific transition to the NCAA. Kelly Bates won zero games as head coach in three calendar years. That is a problem when your marquee program, or what should be your marquee program, struggles as much as they have. Basketball's been decent, soccer's been okay, swimming's been here and there, but there hasn't been the opportunity for Simon Fraser to truly get over the hump. Yes, there are certain sports where they compete well. Their men's soccer is ranked number one in the GNAC, the GNAC. And you know what? Nobody cares in British Columbia because nobody cares about the teams that they're playing against. Central Washington, and this to me, is a part of the bigger picture. People will say, well, Rob, why don't people support UBC? And why don't people support SFU? You know what the problem is? Those two schools that are both in our backyard never get together. Not even for a Shrum Bowl anymore. So how, when you don't even have a rivalry that is right in front of you, do you truly get excited about university sports? Hey, UBC's football program, they'll draw big for their homecoming game, and then it flies the rest of the way. SFU's built a shiny new field at the top of Burnaby Mountain, but I can assure you this, when it comes to November, December, and January, driving up there, forget about it. I've done that for years. It ain't easy, and I assure you, not a lot of people are going to go. So how do you create a buzz? First, you name your team the Foxes. Second, you pack it in with the NCAA, come back north of the border, and start fighting for university championships in Canada. And lastly, you open up the door to playing UBC and the teams in your region that matter, that draw fan interest, that have people scratching their heads saying, you know what, I think I will go to that game. Instead of, who the heck is Central Washington? Perhaps it's too easy. But as I wait for Simon Fraser to name their team, I think of what could have been. What could have been if SFU and UBC had been playing every year against each other? Showdowns in Yotown. How that would have drummed up business and excitement and opportunity for both of those schools. I think of the fact that from the time that I started covering university sports, neither of those institutions are any further ahead than when I first met them back in the late 90s. And that is a part of the problem. All right, let's get to the rest of it. There's so much going. One of the kings in our sport retired, and another king is pissed off. Let me get you to the place where we keep all of those news stories. The one place where you know by the time you get to the other side of it, you're the most informed person at the water cooler. Let me get you into the VIP room. You knew tonight was going to be a good night, didn't you? 
Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time. So get to the point. 10 topics, 10 minutes. Hold on to your drinks because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the DJ can pull out the vinyl for his next set. Welcome to the VIP room. All right, let's start on the ice. Couple of retirements. Let's get to the one that is official as of right now. Henrik Lundqvist, one of the best to ever suit up for the New York Rangers, saying, quote, it's time. For the last 30 years, I have devoted my life to the game of hockey, and now it's time to walk away from the game that I love and begin a new chapter. The future excites me. I've met so many amazing people over the years that will help guide me and inspire me in my new journey. There are many things I love about this game. From the excitement that I felt as an 8-year-old at my first practice to the 15 years of butterflies that I had every time I took to the ice in the greatest city in the world. I'm extremely grateful for what hockey has brought me and taught me in life. These lessons will never leave me. Henrik Lundqvist has 459 wins. That was the most among goaltenders who played every game of their career with one team. Carey Price is the closest active goaltender, 99 wins back when you talk about goaltenders who played with just the one team. And the Rangers didn't blink as an organization. Quote, as we congratulate Henrik on an extraordinary career and a lasting legacy of success, charity, and character, we are honored to announce that we will retire his number and raise his jersey to the rafters at an upcoming game this season. That was a no-brainer. But one of the things that I really appreciate was the way that he carried himself over his entire career. It's funny, I first thought about Derek Jeter when I thought about Henrik Lundqvist because you play in the biggest city in the world, the mecca of sports, New York City, and you never heard a peep out of Henrik Lundqvist. He was one of those guys that almost floated above the controversy, that just stayed true to the game, stayed pure. I am sure that he'd lived it up in New York, but at the same time, played the game the right way and has the respect of everybody across the game and across sports as a whole. So again, Henrik Lundqvist retiring after 15 seasons with the Rangers, one of the greatest to ever play the game. Roberto Luongo, one of the greatest Vancouver Canucks in franchise history, tweeting out that maybe they should get together for a podcast. Now, for those who know Henrik Lundqvist, he's got a real sharp sense of humor. We all know Roberto Luongo's sense of humor. That would immediately be the number one podcast on all of the available platforms. Uh, I kind of hope that they do it. I think that'd be funny to hear two former goalies uh, sharing their stories from life in the NHL and beyond. Well, from one of the best goaltenders to one of the best broadcasters, this man is calling it a career after 61 years. Lafontaine, he gets tripped up, gets it to May, and over the line, he's May going in on goal, he shoots, he Yes, Rick Jennerick going to retire as play-by-play announcer of the Buffalo Sabres at the end of this coming season. 79-year-old entering his 51st season. I think I said 61st. Beginning his tenure as the longest announcer with one team in NHL history. When he called games on the radio, 
during the Sabres' second NHL season back in 1971. He will call just a limited number of games this season and said in a statement earlier today to my Sabres family to spend 50 years doing any one job is more than any one person can ask for, let alone one as special as mine. My interactions with the fans at Key Bank Center have been one of the thrills of my career, one that was sorely missing over the past year. So, let's make it 51. I look forward to seeing you at the rink for one last run. You think of all of his great calls, top shelf where mama hides the cookies. Uh, inducted into the Sabres Hall of Fame in 2011, was inducted into the NHL's Hall of Fame in 2012, receiving the Foster Hewitt Memorial Award. He overcame stage three throat cancer a couple of years back. He missed a part of the 2014-15 season, returning eight days after a CAT scan showed that he was clear of the disease. And a fun fact, he is actually Canadian. Rick is from St. Catharines, Ontario. All right, to the hardwood, couple of stories involving LeBron James. Let's get to the good one first. Story coming out of Edmonton about a community who got together to gift a young basketball player a net. Simple action, generosity, that did not go unnoticed by many around the world, including LeBron James. As he cheered on the neighbors who got together for 14-year-old Anthony Mubaki, showing the Edmonton community some love. Now LeBron went from that lovey feeling to all of a sudden a little bit chapped because of an off-season survey that was conducted by ESPN's Tim Bontemps who reached out to scouts and league executives to ask who is the best player in the NBA heading into the 2021-2022 season. Well, it was a tie between Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant. They both shared that acknowledgement and LeBron James did not earn a single vote. And the Lakers star took notice of that, calling himself, quote, the Washed King, later tweeting, thank you, as if I didn't need more fuel. And it's not the first time that this has happened. Bontemps also had a poll asking 20 coaches, scouts, and executives the same question back in 2019. Kawhi Leonard led the pack there. Giannis had six. James Harden had two of those votes. And yet James went on to win the NBA championship down in the Florida bubble the next season. But if you're a Lakers fan, you should feel pretty good because a pissed off and healthy LeBron James could be very good for those in La La Land. To so baseball, and although this might not take headline status, it is one of those moves that is a little surprising to a guy that has been able to watch this up close and personal. Major League Baseball is going to end their 70-year partnership with Topps Trading Cards. It's one of the great things for all minor league baseball players to have the Topps representative show up at the baseball field with a bunch of contracts. You get $5, and that gives them the rights to use your likeness as they build your rookie cards and put you as an official prospect with hopefully a future at the major league level. The report coming out yesterday that there was a memo from Major League Baseball's Players Association that a company created by sports merchandise company Fanatics will have the exclusive license for baseball cards once its current licensing agreement expires at the end of next year. And don't think that this isn't a very big deal. Topps is a billion dollar brand and this essentially is their bread and butter. But it won't put them out of business. Topps also makes products for Major League Soccer, UEFA Champions League, the Bundesliga, National Hockey League, Formula One, WWE, Star Wars, Garbage Pail Kids. Let's just say they've got their fingers in a number of different projects. Even Bazooka Bubblegum. Yes, Topps is everywhere. Well, if you're an AEW wrestling fan, this is a very big weekend for you. It is the highly anticipated return of former WWE champion CM Punk, who left 
I guess for a couple of years to try his hand in mixed martial arts, it didn't go good. He went 0-2 during that stint away from the squared circle, but he looks to be back as AEW continues to build a rival to World Wrestling Entertainment, and this is a very big move. Sure, there's potential that you might be able to have a cameo or two from Ric Flair, but the fact that they are going to be able to lock in CM Punk is a really big feather in the cap for AEW, who is making waves in the industry and has been for the last couple of years. It's one of those situations where you know if he comes back and doesn't try to be the former MMA guy, but brings back the character with the old cult of personality, that there is no reason that he can't immediately become the face of that brand. And very quickly, happy birthday to this man. Can you guess the voice? Oh, he's naughty with the blows, but not below the belt. But you know I had a doctor to hypnotize Andrew. And so now Andrew thinks that the testicles is above the belt rather than below. And so he would be pummeling this guy all in the chest. Boom, 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 thinking he's hitting him. And that will carry him and knock the guy out. Andrew is ready. He's no more naughty, Andrew. He's dedicated and committed, Andrew. And he can fight. He is white. But he can fight. Yep, Don King, the boxing promoter, turning 90 years old today. And his fingerprints are all over some of the most incredible moments in boxing history. He was the guy that promoted Rumble in the Jungle, the Thrilla in Manila. He's been the promoter for everybody from Muhammad Ali and Joe Fraser, uh, George Foreman, Larry Holmes, Bernard Hopkins, Roy Jones Jr., Evander Holyfield, and of course, Mike Tyson. Now, there's no doubt that he is not a saint by any means. Mike Tyson described King as ruthless, deplorable, and greedy. In 98, Tyson sued King for $100 million, saying that King had cheated him out of millions over the span of a decade. That lawsuit was later settled out of court, and Tyson received $14 million. But you cannot deny that that personality is one of the most memorable in sports history. All right, let's take our break here. Very abbreviated show of Sports Bar Radio today. It's Friday. My thanks to everybody at Equity Guru, to Chris Perry, Galen, Isan, JP Chung, and the irreplaceable Priscilla Choi. My thanks to Jay Swing, my brother from another. We've got more sports coming up on the other side of the break, but it's going to be quick, it's going to be dirty, and we are going to get you ready for the weekend. I'm Rob Fay, and you're listening to Sports Bar Radio, presented to you as always by Equity Guru. You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru, investment information for millennials and madmen. This segment is brought to you by me and my new enterprise, Nation Extreme Wrestling. Hey, what would happen if a wrestling mark from way back decided that he was going to start his own wrestling promotion here at home and have some of the most talented wrestlers in North America hang out with him? I'll tell you what, you can follow our journey at www.nationextremewrestling.com and stay tuned for show dates in the coming months. Welcome back to Sports Bar Radio with host Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity.Guru. Okay, welcome back to Sports Bar Radio. I am Rob Fay, your Friday edition, again, the August 20th show. This came out yesterday from reporter Tyler Green, who works for Daily Hive out of Vancouver. 
suggesting that the local sports radio landscape could look different in the next couple of months or years as things are evolving behind the scenes. Now, he is suggesting that Chorus Entertainment, the group that owns CKNW, have said that they're interested in making a bid on the Vancouver Canucks radio rights next year. This one, uh, from a source who wants to remain anonymous, telling Daily Hive, quote, We want to take a serious look at the rights to bring the Vancouver Canucks radio back to the station where it all began, unquote. That's an interesting one because you got to remember, in the past calendar year, there has been the demise of TSN 1040. Sportsnet 650 has had the radio rights for the Vancouver Canucks for the past, what, three, four years? And now all of a sudden, there is a new girl at the dance, and that one has some history as Chorus Entertainment used to broadcast the games on their frequency. But is this a ploy to simply drive up the cost? Is this something that the Vancouver Canucks would like to have? Is competing bids? Had this thought yesterday, about an hour or so after I heard this news from Tyler Green, and it's a great get, by the way, for Tyler, who's done a great job covering the media and all the ongoings and things that are happening behind the scenes. He's emerged as one of those guys, kind of this generation's Greg Douglas, but with the rights to the Vancouver Canucks coming up, and, and hear me out on this angle. If you've only got one girl and you've only got one guy, then they pretty much have to dance together, don't they? Whereas if all of a sudden you bring a new person into this equation, now the choice gets to be made and everybody cleans themselves up a little bit more and looks a little bit better because now they're competing, two guys competing for the dance with that girl to use this analogy all the way through to the end. Not sure if it's the best one, but I just wonder if this isn't a strategic ploy to make this a conversation where the price can go up. I mean, it is nothing more than just a rumor right now, kicking tires, speculation. There's nothing that has been concrete. There's no offer that's been made. But now Sportsnet, owned by Rogers Communications, is going to have to look at this. They're going to have to say to themselves, well, one of two things here. Do we think that hockey is viable on the AM frequency? Let's assume that, uh, let's just use a really round number. Let's say it's $500,000 a year to broadcast the Vancouver Canucks on the radio. That would mean that the sales reps within Rogers are probably going to have to, what, get $700,000 in inventory, $500,000 just to break even, and then another couple of hundred thousand to try and offset staffing and all the things that come with this to travel and, you know, making a little bit of money for the shareholders. I don't know if any radio frequency can make that much money, especially on the AM band right now when it comes to Canuck hockey or any hockey or any sport. BC Lions pay for their time. Vancouver Canadians pay for their time. I would assume that the Whitecaps pay for their time and they've got jammed over on the frequency over at AM 730. The Canucks, kind of a big deal because if Chorus ends up with the Lions, the Whitecaps and the Canucks, they're a sports radio station, are they not? Do they not just flip 730 and make it a complete sports station? There was one guy that has been banding this story about for months, and everybody's kind of just said, yeah, sure. David Pratt has been saying that for a long time, that there is an opportunity there. And I wonder if this is actually going to come to be. I'm not going to say it's going to happen. I got to wonder if this isn't just trying to drive up the price a little bit. But if Sportsnet 650 does not secure those radio rights, they might as well just close the doors as well. Because I think a lot of their ratings have to do with hockey and being the home of the Vancouver Canucks. If they can secure those rights once again, or even extend it for one more year so that it aligns with the TV rights, well, then you got a conversation. 
But if they do not secure the rights and Chorus comes in and takes it, I just don't know, and I'm saying this from experience, how a sports radio station can sell inventory when they don't have the big piece of the pie. Hey, if I'm Chorus, maybe I do go for it, because then you can lean on your history, you can craft your own sports radio station on a frequency that's not drawn flies already, but at least you can start to create some more inventory for your sales reps. And if I'm Sportsnet, I'm a little bit nervous right now because even though Rogers is on the name of the building, Rogers is the name on the ice, Rogers is a television brand, Rogers is everywhere when it comes to the Vancouver Canucks. Those radio rights are a different ball of wax altogether. What do you think? Hit me up on Twitter at Rob Faye. Do you think that that's a smart get for Chorus to go out and try out of the blue to become the rights holder for the Vancouver Canucks? Do you think that this is simply something there to drive up the price when it comes to the radio rights for Sportsnet 650, who I imagine is probably wondering what they are going to do here and what that dollar figure and ask is going to be from the Vancouver Canucks? Listen. I think it's a smart move for both of those organizations, Rogers and Chorus, to go after the Vancouver Canucks rights. But I also think at some point, the TV broadcast, if it ends up staying with Rogers, may become the radio broadcast as well as they try to consolidate and save a couple of bucks. Look, I don't want that. I love radio. But as you start to see this trend growing across North America, you've got to wonder how much longer they're going to have two separate entities, be it the radio and the television. We did see that with Rodgers this year with Blue Jays baseball with Ben Wagner having to join the uh, broadcast crew like Jamie Campbell. But, uh, ah, man, I'm, I'm torn on this one. I see the benefits of radio and having their own broadcast because it is a different call. You're describing different things. That is the art of radio. But I also understand what it means to save a little bit of money and to try and just get those two to become one so that you can focus on that. And, uh, again, Look at the bottom line with a little more security. What a time to be alive. By the way, BC Lions losers last night at home to the Edmonton Elks falling 22-16. It was great to hear Bob Marjanovic back on the radio at AM 730. Bob's got history there, by the way. When that was sports talk radio for men, I think it was called Mojo Radio way back in the days. He might have been there, oh gosh, 15 years ago, but the Moj is still at it. Julio Caravetta was there. And it was just great to hear BC Lions football back on the air with crowd in the background. And finally, I will say this. Dr. Bonnie Henry was in attendance at that game last night. And um, she's taken it on the chin today because she was shown not wearing a mask and basically interacting with fans, getting selfies taken and doing it all without a mask. Optics, yeah, it's a problem. Dr. Bonnie Henry probably, considering we are in the fourth wave, considering she has been both a proponent and easy at times when it comes to the mask, she probably optically should have had a mask on. It would have caused a lot less ripple had she had the mask on than if she hadn't. But uh, again, if she's double vaccinated, then I guess that's her right. But 12,500 at that BC Lions game last night, a lot of people talking about the fact that hardly anybody in the crowd was wearing a mask and that Dr. Bonnie Henry, the provincial health officer herself, was not wearing a mask. Uh, man, I, I feel like Bonnie Henry is damned if she does and damned if she doesn't. It is just a no-win situation for a lady that has been working her tail off for more than a year and a half on this. And uh, I think for everything that we've been through has done a tremendous job trying to keep this province moving when around the world there are many countries that are not. All right, let's wrap it up. 
We'll be back on Monday. I look forward so much for it. We're trying to track down a couple of BC Lions. I don't want to put their names out there, but we have been back and forth with them. Thought we might be able to get them today, but on the heels of their game last night, I assume they're resting up, but we'll get them. And more than anything, we hope that you'll return. You'll be back on Monday. We're here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We will have some big NEW Nation Extreme Wrestling news on Tuesday. I'll let you know about it shortly after the boys on NEW Wrestle Nation make it public. And uh, gosh, I'm just so excited to be back on Monday. I'm going to go enjoy the weekend. You do it as well. This has been Sports Bar Radio, brought to you by all of my good friends at Equity Guru. Be safe this weekend, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Sports Bar Radio was brought to you by Equity Guru, investment information for the new generation. Visit us at equity.guru and let's make some money together. Please note, any mention of companies on this podcast is part of a promotional campaign, and the information you hear should be a part of extensive due diligence. As well, always get advice from an accredited financial advisor before you make any investment decision. Protect yourself.